The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. We have a rake of medical queries that Eleanor Galvin is going to try to get through. The first of them, and I will try to pronounce this correctly, um, Eleanor, because I've never seen it in print before. It's a text that says, I have an, um, an omphalolith, or a, otherwise known as a navel stone. Yeah. How do I have it removed? Thanks. And I won't read out the person's name. Um, navel stones. Relatively rare, more common in hairy people with deep navels. Uh, and I suppose they're like the equivalent of a giant blackhead, except they're paler than that. And they're made of kind of keratin and hair and oily stuff. And they just turn solid. And people quite often don't notice them till they're there. It is kind of sometimes a consequence of slightly poor hygiene. Um, and maybe people who are quite heavy might not notice that one has grown. And it, it, it becomes a, a solid... Like a pebble. Uh, tweezers? A uh, lot of saline to kind of loosen it and then a forceps and you pull it out. And if you can't get it out, you have to go and get local anaesthetic and a surgeon to do it. I'm always intrigued by how GPs learn the extraction of stuff. You know, when it's a child with, with beads up nose or whatever. Do you do a, a bit in medical school? I, I think that's kind of on on the job kind of learning. If somebody came in with something that strange, we would probably talk about it to each other. Uh, and that's how you kind of learn because you certainly couldn't have any course where you'd see the whole breadth of the weirdness. Yeah. Things that can get yeah, stuck Yeah, so that's kind of just, you're there long enough, you've seen everything. And do you always have a go and then decide, well, no, this I, isn't for me? I'm, or do you say, no, I just first glance, not for me, I'm calling the surgeon. Oh, you'd have to have a go. Fair play. Uh, a text asking, how much damage can acid reflux do on teeth and gums? And how does acid work its way up to your mouth? It can do significant. It's one of the significant oh, yeah. things of isn't it, that you can get teeth damage? Absolutely. Um, and repetitive vomiting, yes, can cause it. But more commonly, um, people who have hiatus hernias. Um, so it's kind of like where acid kind of free flows from the stomach up to the esophagus and then you might belch or get kind of that gurgling. Um, kind of reflux of acid, kind of funny acidy taste in your mouth and you'll burn the enamel off your back of your teeth, erode your gums and you're more likely to lose your teeth. Um, and lying down, uh, of course, if, if the top of your stomach isn't tight properly, when you're lying down at night, that comes up and then people start doing their own solutions, which is two, three pillows and then it's probably Sitting time to get something way, yeah. done or take something for it. And yeah. how, how manageable is it? Very manageable. Very manageable uh, and shouldn't really be going on. Um, medication generally now, very rarely people operate on hiatus hernias, uh, but sometimes they have to um, because of the damage to the, like by the time you've got to the mouth, you've damaged an awful lot of your esophagus. Um, and does the esophagus have um, nerves all the way down it? Would you feel if yeah, you were damaging you yourself? Feel so you'll feel burning the burn. pain behind your sternum. And that's why pe- people sometimes with acid would go to accident and emergency thinking they're having a heart attack. Which oh, is, you feel it that far south yeah. in the body? I yeah. always thought it was just neck, but it no, goes down to the chest. Mid chest, you can feel it as well. And quite often, people think, and they can feel it right through to their back as well. Uh, a couple of questions uh, about uh, sleeping just arrived in. Um, one saying, I'm 67 years of age, and I recently discovered I'm having to pee three times during the night. Is there any quick cure for this problem? And another, I wake up between 3 and 4 a.m. every night in a lather of sweat. I've been doing this for about four years. I'm female and 51. Is this just the start of menopause or should I be getting checked out for something else? Oh, God bless her. It's the start of menopause. Um, yeah, the big sweaty midnight um, change your nighty kind of stuff. And that's more than likely menopause. You go have her all her bloods done. 
see if she's got other symptoms, make sure it's not that thyroid is off and that we don't jo- jump to kind of the Joe Duffy plague of menopause. Because um, he, he discovered menopause in Ireland. Um, so and now people have an awareness, which is great. Indeed. And then they come for help and they get HRT. Um if it's suitable and that's the end of the waking up in the bed sweaty in the middle of the night. What if the other one then, the 67 year old man having to pee three times during the it's night? It's very hard to get a quality of life if you're peeing three times at night and he should go have his prostate checked. Uh, and it, it probably is benign enlargement. We've got to be sure it's benign. Get his bloods done. Make sure his uh, it's just benign, in which case he can take medication. I had a friend with that benign enlargement and it drove him oh, absolutely because he was he couldn't get yeah. a decent night's sleep out of no, it. No, had torture. It. Another one asking, can you ask the doctor about thigh pain? A few months now with this. My doctor says it's sciatica, but I'm not convinced. I've suffered from lower back pain most of my life. I do aqua aerobics twice a week and I walk. It still hurts. I'm wondering if it's my knee. The commonest cause of thigh pain is sciatica. What uh, is sciatica? Sciatica is the little prolapse of a nerve on your back that pushes on the on your sciatica nerve that runs down your leg. But so, you, that's in your back, Eleanor. How can it hurt your leg? Because out of your back springs the nerves that serve your legs. Uh, so your back holds all of that kind of wiring and then you squeeze the root of that nerve and you'll feel it even in your hip. Uh, down your thigh and sometimes all the way down to your foot eventually. It can be other things as well. It it can be uh, moralgia parasthetica, which is a sort of nerve compression in your thigh from maybe walking a lot, sitting a lot, uh, if you're a bit overweight, tight clothing, and that could be easily solved. So you could um, go to a physio for any of these sort of things and they'd probably very quickly tell you what it is. Well, this is fascinating. I know I shouldn't uh, use you for personal consultations, but while you're here, I've had this thing now for exactly the same as this for probably about 15 years, yeah. where about once every couple of months, it feels like somebody is stabbing me in the thigh with an ice pick. It does it a couple of times and it goes away. Is Am I going to die? <laughs> Don't use that expression, Eleanor. <laughs> uh, Please, use your it'll all be OK expression while you You still seem to be fine today. Um, but I would presume that that is a nerve being pinched in your lower back as opposed Thanks, to you wearing next time. tight clothing. Um, but, and... Yeah, sitting at desks. Well, if I last out the rest of the programme, we'll yeah. get to as many questions answered as I can. One saying, I've been experiencing heart flutters and skipped heartbeats for a few years. I've had an echo and an ECG done, but they haven't found it. Is an echo and an ECG not the same thing? Anyway, never mind. One's but, an ultrasound of your heart. The echo is the ultrasound of your heart. And, and that is, is ECG so, not echocardiograph? Uh, yeah, well, an ECG is when they stick the stickers in your chest and we pick up the electrical contractions Don't and the other looks like a, 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 an ultrasound like you'd have in a baby but of your heart. The doctor thinks, in capital letters, <laughs> thinks it's premature ventricular contractions and they say they're nothing to worry about but I'm still, con- there's a lot of people who don't believe doctors. I'm still concerned, I still get them and they're quite unnerving, what can I do? Incredibly unnerving to have strange beats coming from your chest um, but the truth of it is that once you've had DCG and an echo and a cardiologist thinks you're fine you probably are um, so if you can maybe adjust your uh, lifestyle have a really clean lifestyle um, alcohol smoking stress get rid of those things keep out of caffeine if it's still then at you and bothering you and freaking you out which is understandable you can take a medication for it like a beta blocker which will stop you having them or you can get last case like worst case now you can get an ablation where they where they just zap the kind of little nerve in your heart that's giving you the extra contractions and it's a day procedure and um, so if you can't live with the symptoms of it it's not going to kill you but it can be very unpleasant 
like getting stabbed in the thigh with an Very ice pick, like Eleanor. Let's stabbed, be clear. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, an interesting one here, um, which because I, I had a friend who had a, a similar issue, and albeit this one was um, temporary because of pregnancy related. I'm a 39 year old woman. I've noticed yeah. that my hair is beginning to thin out, and it's quite upsetting. I've never had thick hair, but I can now see my scalp quite easily. What can I do? That's a really distressing one for women. Hugely distressing. They don't expect to see it, um, and it is commoner than you think. Um, and of course, much more difficult, I suspect, for him because A, culturally, it is yes. more difficult to be a bald woman and yes. B, at least men know it may be it in may my be future. It may be in the future. So quite often there's a family history of it. But the first thing you would do is you would check for any sort of reason for it, because the faster you figure out what's going on, you may not have a cure for it. But if it could be your thyroid, it could be your premature kind of menopause situation. Uh, it could be a hormonal imbalance. Figure it out. Take a multivitamin every day so that it's not a nutritional thing. Uh, and then you can try minoxidil scalp stuff, which is called Rogaine. You get in the chemist. Uh, and that and might, Rogaine creates yeah. small hair regrowth, doesn't it? Um, it? It dilates blood vessels in your scalp so that your hair follicles get more nutrients from your blood. So that's kind of how it works. Uh, and then see a specialist. Like this is a kind of a life altering thing for women for confidence and everything. And I would say I have people who have hair pieces who are patients of mine and no one no one would ever, ever guess. And sometimes if there's nothing can be done about it, women do have to get some sort of um, aesthetic help like that. And these days they're so good that no one would ever know. Yeah, everybody assumes hair pieces are bad because you spot the bad ones. Yeah, but no, the good never ones the you good would ones. never know. No. Um, a text saying, I had a hip replacement last September. Still can't put on socks or walk more than three kilometres without pain. So from last September, what's that, nearly six months. Is this normal? I'm a 50 year old male. Getting a hip operation is a huge thing. Um, it can take up to two years for your muscles to be fully recovered from it. The worst thing to do is to lose hope now at six months. Keep doing what you're meant to be doing. Keep doing your exercises and eventually you will get there. Um, and if you have seen a physio and are now being discharged, maybe go back for a few things. The putting on of socks for people who've had hip replacements is incredibly difficult anyway, because you're not meant to bend your new hip more than 90 degrees and you're also not meant to cross your legs. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, it's just a bit very hard yeah, to get to a so, foot with so, those rules. So yeah, so so sock putting on may always be a little beyond you, but you can get little aids that help you put on your socks. It's like a little cone that you put your sock around and then you hook it around your foot. Um, and how do you? you you put your foot through the cone. You put your foot in the in in this sort of half a cone thing with an elastic on it, and you use it to pull it on, and then you can get down enough to bend to pull it up the rest of the so way. So it's sort of a shoehorn for a socks. Shoehorn for socks. Yeah, but it has to be said though the thing the the speed with which they discharge people now with hip replacements yeah, is amazing. Yeah, it is. It is, <laughs> and, and and people don't realise it is a very sore operation. And a very significant yeah, one, huge. albeit one that has a massive improvement of yeah, quality of life in the, long, in the medium to long term. Eleanor, always a joy. Eleanor Galvin, our medical expert, as usual, more than we could get to, but we will gather them up and I promise we will try to get to as many as we can the next time she is in. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.